Hello everyone. Welcome to our second episode of the Paradigm Shift podcast, the Future of Education series. In this episode, we talk to Lon Appleby, who is a print and broadcast journalist, an author, and a general education professor at Durham College in Oshawa, Canada. His online global class focuses on the human experience as the cornerstone to education. We will be embarking on this journey. Okay, let's get into it. Can you explain what exactly you talk about when you talk about the human experience? The human experience today, Somi, is probably more important than ever because we live in such a complex time in human history. So what I would say is the human experience is the lived experience that we all go through in the very brief time we have on this planet, each and every one of us in the world. And I can probably put it in more context for you if I just explain a little bit more. Um, And I'd like to give you a quote from an evolutionary biologist that you may have heard of before, Richard Dawkins um, in the UK. Um, He's published a lot, a very interesting thinker, the magic of reality and uh, the selfish gene, the God delusion. But there's a wonderful quote that he gives it sort of captures a little bit of what I mean about this experience, the human experience. And it goes something like this. After sleeping through a hundred million centuries, we have finally opened our eyes on a sumptuous planet, sparkling with color, bountiful with life. Within decades, we must close our eyes again. Is it not a noble and enlightened way of spending our brief time in the sun to work at understanding the universe and how we have come to wake up in it. This is how I answer when I am asked, as I am surprisingly often, why I bother to get up in the mornings. That's Richard Dawkins, um, a, a prolific author and scientist, but it begins to capture something about what we all experience on this planet, which is we're all aware, we're all thinking, feeling creatures, and it's very important that we be able to uh, communicate this idea today of what it what it means to be a human being uh, in the third millennium, if you will, the 2000s that we've entered into. Richard Dawkins captures a little bit of that sense of wonder, um, but I'd like to kind of bring it down to reality a bit more uh, so that we can kind of include all those people on this planet that don't have the luxury of reflecting and thinking about their existence and people who struggle every day just to to get by. And there's a a wonderful little um, uh, three words that I often um, tell my students when we when we talk about the human experience at the beginning of the semester. And and I'll I'll leave you with these three words and and we can we can move on. Um, They come from the back of a bench that uh, I saw one day just outside the University of Toronto. Uh, in Canada, and not far from where I lived many years, and someone had written these three words in the very order uh, I'm going to give you on the back of a bench, uh, right outside, I think it was the School of Engineering, um, or near one of our, our major campuses at U of T, and the three words were <laughs> number one, imagination, number two, courage, and number three, perseverance. Imagination, actually it was imagination, courage, and perseverance, those three words imagination, courage, and perseverance. Whoever wrote those words down on the back of a bench 
on a street just by a university campus was capturing something about the human experience. And that is, we all have these wonderful brains, the most complex instrument evolution has ever given us. We, we all have the ability to be, to be bold and to take chances. And we all have a kind of stick to a restlessness, a perseverance that has brought us to this point. On, on, on planet Earth that has allowed us to dominate nature in many ways. And so I think that is a kind of shorter answer, Somi, of, of what I mean by the human experience, needing to convey that to all people on the planet. That makes sense to me. Often when I talk about or think about the human experience, it's less in that realm, more like what people live on a day-to-day basis. And I know that's exactly what you're talking about, but I've never explained it in that way. That's nice to think about it a lot bigger than just the way that I've been thinking about it. But you started these global classes online, and within the classes you incorporate this idea. Why did you start the classes, firstly? And then also, why did you think it was important for you to incorporate this in everything that you teach? Good question. We happen to live at a a striking and in some way troubling moment in history, um, and that is that the world has become a planet for, for all of us. Um, it was only in the last century, in the 20th century, and in, in, in the late 1960s, when humans began to see the planet as one whole thing for the first time and took pictures of it and understood it. Um, and, and we now talk about this idea of the overview effect of, of that, that idea that now, slowly but surely soaking into the human consciousness is this idea that we can't turn away from. We know we live on a finite um, living system called planet Earth, and we all need to become better planetary thinkers. We talk about living in this era of the Anthropocene, for example, in which humans are now changing nature um, substantially, although the, the, the coronavirus kind of mm-hmm. shows that <laughs> nature is a lot bigger and stronger than we are. If we think Absolutely. we can really change the climate and change nature, sure, humans are having an impact on the planet. But look at that, you know, a little virus uh, that's barely alive and it latches onto our cells and it just wreaks havoc on humanity. And this has been going on, you know, uh, since the beginning of civilization um, and it will continue to go on. So, yes, Somi, we are in a different time where we're beginning to understand the planet and change the planet systems. But in truth, nature is a lot bigger than we are. So I think that given the times in in which we live, in which we all kind of have to think a little bit like astronauts now, all of us, in which we recognize that it's not about globalization anymore, it's about planetization, we have to convey this idea to all of humanity to help solve our our problems, because we're so connected now. We can't get away from that, um, no matter how much politicians may come and go trying to build walls, take us backwards, how, you know, we might think that we're losing some of the, the progress and freedoms we've gained and human rights. The truth is there is a force that's moving us forward, science and technology, and that's connecting us. We're sharing more, and we have to learn how to deal with that and think more broadly. I absolutely agree. We've got to get that into the educational system, whether you're a, you know, studying to be a physicist, mathematician, or whether you're going into business, or whether you're going to sports management, or whether you're going to 
go into nursing or medicine, being able to think more broadly and enlarge your mind will help you to solve complex problems in every single field we're in. Do you think that that's something that's been lacking in traditional education? That's a good, a very good question. It's there, but I think that, to be quite frank, the educational system worldwide has not kept up with the advances in technology and science and human progress. And as a result, universities, like many institutions, are still very sort of stratified and within departments. And there's not a lot of connection between the departments. And there's not that interdisciplinary kind of connecting so that, you know, you have the um, uh, department of um, uh, languages, you know, then you'll have the, the history department and you'll have the science department and you'll have sports medicine. And, and they kind of are all separate. But yet in between all of those is, is an interdisciplinary element that needs to be recognized. And, and, and that's the human story in, in, that, in that interdisciplinary kind of gap. And, and I think, yeah, I, I do think that the educational system has been complacent old-fashioned, and needs to recognize that we are living in the planetary world right now. I agree. I have been on and off on this idea for some time now. It's always felt like things just seem too disjointed. Like, it sort of, I mean, it makes sense why we have the departments, but it also didn't make sense why there was no linking, because when we go into the world... We work with people, we work, we create things for people. It's important to understand how people move around and understand the world in order to create and solve things the way that people experience the world. Look at this, Somi. I mean, um, you know, you're, you're a black woman. I'm a white man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and here we are talking about something that we completely understand together. And I, and I think, you know, we, 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 we have to recognize that great scholarship and research is done in these siloed faculties in our institutions yep. of higher education. But there's another dimension we, we need to bring into increasingly, and it's some kind of narrative, some kind of story on which we can hang all these different disparate, disjointed pieces of information and recognize there is a bigger story that can give us a kind of totality to work with. And, and that's what astronauts see when they look back from the International Space Station, they see the planet. Well, why can't we, as, as humans who will never be able to afford to go into space in our lifetimes, not you or I, just rich people who will be able to do that, and, and the Americans are about to do that with the first commercial you know, space flights, but why can't we have that same perspective? That's what we need. In how you teach, how is it practically applicable? So for your students, when we talk about these things, it's all great and fair and with that we sit and we can have these conversations, but how do we practically apply the human experience in what we actually do on with our degrees, with how we create things at school, with our projects? I mean, things as simple as that. I would give one word back, and I hope this sounds practical enough, and that is inspiration. In order for us to build our careers, and develop skills. At a certain point, we have to learn on our own. It doesn't matter what you've been taught in an institution. You're out on your own in the, in the real world, and you have to figure out a lot of things yourself. 
and that's going to go on for the rest of your life. Well, it's important that you're inspired in your life to do things and, and to, to learn things. And, and I do think that the larger planetary perspective is an inspiring perspective. I've had so many students tell me how inspired they become by being able to open their minds to a bigger way of, of looking at things. And so inspiration leads to empowerment. That's important. Now, on a very practical level, in the courses that I teach, um, Short History of the World, The Global Class, Humanity's Destiny, those three general education courses that are all collected under the umbrella of the human experience, the human story. Where do we come from? What are we doing now? Where are we going? There are in there is in every course uh, syllabus uh, essential employability outcomes. And so students are being um, graded, not just on the academic um, dimension of the content that I'm teaching, but also about how they work within teams when they're, they're doing assignments, how they solve problems together, how they resolve differences together when they're working in those teams, how they, how they manage their time um, at a time when we often are very stressed. Uh, there are, um, in every course, um, skills that, that I'm evaluating too, that the students demonstrate in the assignments that they do and in the conversations that they have that are preparing them um, to be able to go out into the world and be versatile, be able to shift careers, you have to be a versatile thinker. You have to be able to, to change and you have to have transferable skills. And all of these things are evaluated in how I teach. I like the transferable skills thing. I think that's important, especially when you're creating something in a team, in small teams, which a lot of young people are doing. A lot of them are becoming yeah. entrepreneurs. I think when you're starting off with a small team, I think that's important to have people who can adapt and switch positions when necessary and needed to. And we touched on this earlier about traditional education, but where do you see traditional education going, um, considering where we are right now and what we can do? Also, what COVID has sort of forced us into, where do you see it going and how can this particular period enhance education as a whole, as an entirety? I, I do believe that the crisis in which all of humanity is struggling right now with a virus is only accelerating changes that were already starting to happen before the virus began. And that really comes down to self-directed learning. For example, if you look at the TED Talks and how popular they become, you can, you can start to see that many people around the world um, with just a click of their mouse or, you know, a little press on their mobile device can access knowledge that is quite sophisticated. They can access lectures and talks and conversations from institutions of higher learning in, in great cities um, all over the world. So I think that what's um, going to continue happening, Somi, and, and it is needed, is more self-directed learning opportunities for all humans on the planet. And in those parts of the world where access to technology is limited or restricted somehow, we must do a better job at facilitating the conversations and learning opportunities by helping to provide the technology 
to those parts of the world, providing them with the opportunities to create new technologies. Andrish, one of the um, uh, members of the Board of Trustees and a, and a, and a great scholar in our um, session that we had earlier this week, talked about the need for mass education more than ever. And, uh, and I very much believe in that, that, that we have to be providing more and more opportunities to more and more human beings in all parts of the world to give them the chance to learn on their own. And if they cannot access or pay for or afford those important credentials, you know, that they, they think they, they need and often they do, at least we can supplement that now or complement that with the use of technology that gives them access to knowledge. And then with that access to good knowledge will come inspiration, will come empowerment, and I believe will come change. That makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. I'm just thinking around now um, what you you were talking about self-directed learning and the impact of what that means for what education is like today. So, for instance, um, we go to university, we apply to go into university. The self-directed learning, um, the internet, the classes online, classes that you hold, I don't necessarily need to be in college. I don't necessarily need to be in university. I can literally just sign up online. Um, I'm just wondering what that looks like on a market on a market level in terms of degrees meant getting a job, meant doing this means doing that so in a case where i a 16 year old am interested in a b c d e and f and i'm like okay i don't want to go to college but i know there's a lot to learn online Uh, i can get a certificate and i can curate my career curate what i'd like to learn but what does that look like for the market so are we not only reshaping education and also reshaping the entire market? And Oh, that's a great. And you're going right where we need to be to the system, you know, the market driven capitalist global system that, that we, we, yes, Sony, we, we need to go there. We need to be able to reevaluate that system, the capitalist worldwide connected global trading system. But let me bring it back down to earth and say that, this is the frontier that we're on right now, which is finding that model. Uh, and I think that an institute like Gile, the Global Institute for Lifelong Empowerment, uh, the Global Class, uh, you know, uh, TED and, and many other um, platforms that are developing um, are moving in that direction. And, and I think that just the way humans are, are coming together now in all parts of the world to, to come up with a vaccine, Labs are sharing information and competing, but also coordinating their efforts to solve a critical problem. I think that just give us a bit of time with some with some good minds and some empathetic problem solvers who who, who are smart, uh, who who uh, are prepared to go further and 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 to work together. And I think we will come up with the you know the models um, that fit within our our tweaked capitalist system or or a newer system that will allow all of us on on all corners of the planet, wherever we may be, to get educated by smart people with good information, not not toxic information, and people with ideologies spreading uh, falsehoods, misinformation, disinformation, but scholars, 
free thinkers and all of those younger people out there who are waiting for these new kinds of credentials, if you will. Um, courses given for credit that are offered to colleges and universities around the world on things like ethics and science and religion and freedom and um, poverty and inequality uh, taught by um, people who really know um, their, their field. And that course could be offered and fit in to the curricula of different institutions around the world. And also it would just open up um, access, access to education, higher education to so many more people. I mean, if we have, if we get the infrastructure right, if we get the things in place, if we make the internet, I suppose, more available all over the world to a lot more people, it would just allow so much more open-mindedness and just understanding of variations of backgrounds and experiences in the world, which just makes for a better world, I suppose. You know, it requires something that maybe is hard for us to envision, but let's try. And that is, it requires a kind of a new mind, um, a, a new a new perspective. Um, and and what I'm about to tell you is not my idea. It's It actually goes back quite far, but one person who expressed this really well was a a British um, mathematician. Well, actually, he was um, Polish, I believe, and then he moved to England. His name is uh, Jacob Bronowski. Uh, he um, wrote a book called The Ascent of Man in the 1960s, and his television series, The Ascent of Man, which he hosted, is is a classic um, in in history and, and documentary. And uh, it's I, I urge you to 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 read Jacob Bronowski and and watch him. Uh, present his ideas, just brilliant. And he talked about in the 1960s, Somi, the coming of the new mind. He didn't quite define it, mm -hmm. but if you look at the kinds of thinking that's getting attention right now globally, very much from, let's say, Yuval Noah Harari in, in, in Israel, Homo Deus and Sapiens, and you know, um, Jared Diamond with Guns, Germs and Steel and Collapse, and, and, and there are many people thinking along these lines. And what they're saying is the new mind has to be a planetary mind. Um, Theodore Zeldin, um, author of a book called The Intimate History of Humanity, beautiful book, um, he talks about how it's now possible for every human being on this planet to meet every other human being. Even if they can't meet in person, they can meet through technology. And this will allow us to open ourselves to diversity in a way we never have, and not be afraid of it. And I think the fundamental thing about this new mind, Somi, is a recognition of what is inherent in nature. Nature is wildly diverse. Nature is wildly complex. If we cannot be afraid of that in the human experience, and we can come to respect diversity in all of its forms, my God, what human potential we could release. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and over and above that, begin to think about how your human experience can help you to better shape and mold your career and your general trajectory in life.